Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You know, my opposition leaders uh, criticized me and said that every time I do my podcast, especially on YouTube, they can hardly see my face. So I have invested in a light and this light is so bright that I can actually see myself very well. So I hope this will bring more people to my podcast. Welcome to the next episode of If Comedians Rule the World with President Obonjo. I am recording this podcast on bank holiday. And I want to start by thanking every single one of you who have tuned in either on YouTube or you have downloaded my podcast. We are doing very, very well, despite the fact that the mainstream media is not promoting this podcast and we know why. We are growing. We are growing. We have more countries downloading our podcast. Civilian governments to democratic nations. It's unbelievable. I am so delighted by the fact that we now have 30 countries. 30 countries have downloaded my podcast. It is the only African dictator podcast, the only president broadcasting with no propaganda, bringing civilians to come and talk to you. With no further ado, I am so pleased, delighted to introduce you to my next guest. My next guest had no choice. I got my people to tell him that I wanted him here today at this time, and there was no choice. It wasn't a case of I've got to walk the dogs or I'm spending time with my wife. The president wants you, and he accepted. Look, this next guest is a great man. I say a great man because I know he is a great man. His name is Chris. He's a highly experienced course leader, facilitator, speaker, and coach. He has developed programs of, for a wealth of organizations, both in the UK, internationally, both in person and virtually. You see, most of my guests have provided services to so many countries, but they have never provided services to Laughter Republic. But I'm sure after this, Chris will provide his service to Laughter Republic. I met Chris many, many years ago in what I call, for those of you know, that I dabbled with comedy. And I went to this open mic gig where I headlined. It was a fantastic time. You know, that gig, I can't remember where, but in London, not outside London, was really fantastic. They really, really loved me. His audience almost carried me out of the, out of the venue. It was fantastic. Chris, as the Sagittarian, visually impaired comic from Polish origin in the planet, he is the only one in the planet. We will be discussing visual impairment and age in comedy. What has that done for his comedy? The fact that he's visually impaired and he would have faced a lot of challenges. I hope you got that joke. Visually impaired and he would have faced a lot of challenges. How has he been able to cope? I want to get to understand where Chris has been over the last year or so. How has he coped? Chris, 
How are you? Well, Bonjo, I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> uh, even though I can't see you very well, but I know you're there. I, I, I know you know I am there. I know I, I know you know that I am there. Yes. Or you I, are there. Yes. And, 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 and what is really interesting in this, you, your background makes me feel like you're talking to me from space. Ah, oh, you, you mean my background behind me rather yes, than my yes, uh, yes. comedy background? Not the comedy yeah. background, the purple, it's purple. It's as if you're like, 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 like you're in Doctor Who or something, kind of like, oh, yeah. Yeah, or maybe, maybe in a comedy club, you know? Yeah, maybe in a, a nice comedy. backdrop. A nice backdrop. But how have you been? The last time I saw you was obviously at your comedy club. I think you actually did a gig somewhere away from your normal venue. Well, I, as, 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 as you will know, Obonjo, I run, I, I run comedy nights as well as performing in, in Barnet in North London. But for, for a few gigs, I, uh, I, I also ran them for a little while in Hatfield. And I think that's the last time you performed for me. Yes. But, um, the, the very first night I, 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 I ran in Barnet, my very, very first night of all sorts comedy, uh, you were the headliner. Um, and uh, it went down fantastic. Um, yeah. And um, that's why I'm really pleased to be here tonight to be able to tell you that and tell the world that Obonjo did fantastic at my first comedy night that <laughs> I organised. Thank you so much. But people still it... people still talk about it. I walk down Barnet High Street and they say, "Hey, how's Obonjo?" And I say, "I don't know. I haven't seen him for ages." <laughs> you know, it's what's really interesting is this: you call me Obonjo. You don't even say President Obonjo. You see, this is what the lockdown has done. You just no respect anymore you know apart from that your background should have my face you should have posters of my face but there's nothing it's just blank no no there's nothing and and i do i do realize that i could be uh i could be hunted down by your by your men and, and dealt with all this uh, transgression yes you, um, will, you you will face military court for 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 yeah for, for not uh for not uh addressing me properly but let's move on let's move on I am really, I know you do two things. I know you perform comedy and I know you're a trainer. I'm really, really interested about uh, your comedy life. What yes. made you go into comedy? Well, the thing was, um, a Bonjo. Do you mind if I call you a Bonjo? Yes, you can call me. You can actually call me President of Bonjo. Uh, well, the thing is, President of Bonjo, I am, um, um, I, Many, many years ago, because I'm, I'm of a certain age now, but many years ago, I used to love going to see live comedy back in, back in, the, back in the 80s. And at the time, there were probably only about 50 people on the circuit, some of whom are big names now, some of whom have, have disappeared, some of whom are still sort of working the circuit, even though they're not big names. And um, I, I would sit in the audience and I would think, oh, I'd love to do this one day. So I'm talking about places like the original comedy store. I'm talking about the um, jonglers, which of course don't exist anymore. But um, yeah, when, when they first started back in the early 80s in South London, and I'd go to these um, uh, these comedy nights and I'd sit there and think, oh, I'd like to do that. I could do that. One day I'm going to do that. And it took me about 35 years before I actually did it. <laughs> so it was quite a long wait before I actually um, um, decided to take to the comedy stage. And my very first gig was a paid gig. Would you believe it, Obonjo? Sorry, President Obonjo. Um, and I earned £1.50 at a gig in, in Leytonstone in East London. 
um, and uh, it was a is a door split. So the 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 acts were all given a proportion of the money that was taken at the door. And my second gig was at the comedy store, where I, my second ever gig was at the comedy store when I did the Gong Show, um, and I was gonged off after forty three seconds. I lasted forty three seconds before being gonged off by the audience. But at least I'd performed at the comedy store. I had fulfilled an ambition after waiting 35 years. And then I went on to do many more gigs, about 300 gigs, and then started running, running, uh, running nights as well. And I've, I've loved, loved it, absolutely loved it. I have noticed that there are audience members who uh, watch comedy before deciding whether to perform comedy, comedy or not. Who were the people that you were watching in those days that really inspired you? Um, when you say inspired me, I had, I had my favorites. I mean, the, the, the ones that I remember seeing who, um, you, you know, who are now big names when they were sort of not, you know, pretty much unknown would be people like uh, Paul Merton and uh, Julian Clary and uh, Joe Brand and Arthur Smith. And, and, and so on. And um, you had um, also Rick Mayle and Aid Edmondson and people like that. And then you got others who aren't big names, but they're still on the circuit, like Earl Okin and uh, Otis Cannelloni and others who are still on the circuit, but they're not necessarily doing big stuff on TV or on radio. Um, and many more, Mark Thomas, uh, oh, the names just could, could just keep coming. Um, but as I said earlier, there weren't that many actually originally maybe 50 to 100 on the circuit whereas now well as you know there are thousands thousands with um you know a bonjo you know standing proud above them all um, <laughs> as the main man you flatter me but it, it's yes really, yeah, on purpose yeah on purpose. It's, it's really interesting you say in those days you had only 50 people and you say now there are a thousand uh, but i think as you know with the lockdown with the pandemic the, the market has saturated uh, yes. it is crazy it, it's well even you know, before the pandemic there was an awful lot of people yeah yeah before the pandemic there was awfully a lot of people and 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 we did not need you know because i used to hear people talk oh there are too many comedians too we did not need even to say that because general covid has reduced the number of comedians in the uk <laughs> right now you mm. said it took you 35 years before you got on stage why did it take you that long i'll be honest with you i i, I kind of Whereas I had been going to comedy for quite a while back in the 80s, um, my life went off in other directions. I got married, I got divorced, um, I did other things, I got involved in various sort of other personal development activities and so on. And I took my eye completely off the comedy ball. And then I, um, and then I, I, I met my current partner, we had children, then of course when you have children that takes you in other directions and so on. And I, I it, it, it was interesting because for at least about 20, 25 years, I, re I wasn't really following comedy at all. I mean, I'd sort of watch your, you know, sitcom on TV or watch comedy films, but where it came to stand up comedy, I wasn't following it at all. And then I, um, I decided to put some kind of funny videos on, onto YouTube, a, a sort of character uh, that I developed called The Old Polish Gentleman. And, um, and then I thought, oh, I wonder whether I could take this on stage. And, I, li I literally, I literally Googled stand-up comedy gigs in London um, to, you know, try and find out how you get a gig. Um, and, and, and it kind of went from there. And sort of for the last 
so this is what six years ago and for the last six years i've built up uh, lots of connections and friends on the comedy circuit i'm hoping one day you'll be my friend um and and, and that way we um you know i've kind of plugged back into it after many 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 years wow um and um yeah uh, and i'm really glad i have because it's I, I always used to think that the comedy business was really bitchy and nasty and unpleasant and I think that's why I didn't go for it first time around but actually I'd say the opposite is true most people are absolutely lovely even you thank you thank you very much despite it's, being a dictator you're, it's, you're, not, it's not true what they say about me the western media you're not unpleasant yeah not the, the western media has got it absolutely wrong um <laughs> they have they have they have it really irritates me when they put things in the press about me that is not right but you know we, we that's for another day Tell me about your visual uh, impairment and and uh, how has that uh, enhanced or affected your comedy? Well, I think you'll agree that any comedian really needs to have some kind of USP, unique selling point. So you know, you 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 have you, you are a you are a dictator and, and president of an African country. Um, and probably the only comedian on the planet who, you know, has has that under his belt. And I'm similar that um, I'm, as you said earlier in your introduction, I think I'm the only 60 something visually impaired comedian of Polish descent on the planet. And the visual impairment, which you asked about, I think has been, as, as, as you may have seen in, in, in my act when I perform live, um, you know, is a big part of what informs my comedy um, because, you know, so many funny things do happen. Uh, it's, I mean, it's very frustrating. I have a condition called retinitis pigmentosa, which is, um, you know, I'm kind of gradually losing my, uh, losing my sight. Um, and um, luckily I still do, do have some vision, um, but um, not as much as, uh, as I used to have. And what it means is that I have all kinds of mishaps hilarious things happening and um, I can convert that into comedy on the stage and um, it seems to go down pretty well mm. um, and and um, uh, you know I bring like like most good comedians um, I try to bring you know real life to to, to my comedy mm. do you think that um, at, at times that audiences react differently to you because you say you're visually impaired. Do you think that those funny stories that you tell uh, hold people from laughing because they think it might be wrong to be laughing at jokes about visual impairment? Bonjour, I can't hear you. You're, oh, uh, oh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I'm free. We're, we're freezing there for a moment. Yeah, and, and this happens. This happens a lot. It doesn't happen in any other podcast. It's the MFI, the, the FBI, MFI. They are watching this and, you know, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. And it's also raining outside. It's raining outside, so it might be affecting the signal. The question I asked uh, is uh, when you deliver jokes or stories about your visual imp impairment, do you think that holds the audience back? Do you feel that some audiences will say, oh, we shouldn't really be laughing at jokes about disability for example right yeah um it's 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 an interesting one because all i'm doing is i'm laughing at myself 
Yeah. I'm not laughing at somebody else. Yeah. I'm not saying that blind man over there is really funny or that, you know, that woman over there in the wheelchair is really funny. I'm just talking about myself and my experiences yeah. and things that have made me laugh when I've had, uh, you know, any kind of mishap or whatever. And I think that's okay. Um, and um, this word disability is interesting because I, 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 it's, it's interesting because um, I don't think I'm disabled. You know, if my computer is disabled, it doesn't work at all. Um, you know, so I do have a visual impairment, but if I was disabled, I would be under the covers in bed and not moving. <laughs> Um, if that makes sense. Yes. So it's just one aspect of who I am. And I just laugh at myself. Um, and I don't, I don't project that onto other people and have, you know, make comedy at their expense. And, and I think we all have a right to make comedy at our own expense if we choose to. Um, and that's okay. And it, you know, it, it makes people laugh and I don't think people are embarrassed by it. Um, and, um, you know, I'd rather laugh about it than cry about it. Um, but, you know, in other ways, you know, I'm a straight white male. Uh, and you could argue that in that respect, I'm quite conventional or, you know, one of the majority of, of, of people out there. So, you know, there's a balance. There's, you know, there's a interesting, well, I say balance, a kind of a slight paradox there. Mm. So, but so I know you said you're the only visually impaired uh, over 60 Polish uh, comedian in the world. If that, that is a lovely <laughs> award to give yourself. Um, is, uh, are you in touch with other visually impaired comedians? I do, I do, I do know, a f I, I've met a few on the circuit. I wouldn't say that I'm in regular contact with them. Um, I mean, there are a few, I mean, there's one or two who are pretty well known now. You might have heard of Chris McCorson. I, I, I mean, I haven't met him, but he's probably the best known at the moment. And, and uh, there are one or two others that I um, that have performed at my night, for example, because I like to have, you know, various, you know, interesting acts performing at, uh, at my comedy nights and mm -hmm. partly why it's called All Sorts, because it's all sorts of acts. So there are, you know, two or three that, that, um, that I have um, performed with or had performed at my night. Um, not that we stand around talking about visual impairment all the time, um, but um, certainly, um, you know, there are a few. And, and, you know, sometimes they major on that, sometimes they don't. I mean, you know, one actor that I had who, you know, is visually impaired, I don't think she said a single thing about her visual impairment when she, when she performed. She, you know, was choosing not to use that as her USP. Um, but I knew for a fact that she, she was visually impaired. So, Depends whether you want to bring that to the show or not, whether you've got other things to bring, mm. other life experiences. Mm. Um, so, you know, there are things to do with me being Polish that I bring, things to do with me being older that I might bring, and, and, and other stuff that's not relevant to any of those things. But, um, yeah, it's uh And, 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 and what, what, what are the challenges that you've, you've faced as a result of being visually impaired as a comic in the circuit? Do you know... Without getting too heavy about it, I um, um, I I have found that being out and about on the circuit, especially if I'm on my own, could be quite challenging because you're in a darkened room. You know, you, you come to the end of a gig, people are all getting together, chatting, you know, engaging with each other, and so on. And I, I kind of escape 
because I find it very difficult to to mingle in a dark environment and not you know not being able to see particularly well at all. So I tend to sort of uh, get frightened off and 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 go home, which is what I this is this is why in the last year or so what I've really enjoyed is engaging with people on Zoom, even though I haven't been doing comedy on Zoom, because I you know I can see people perfectly well on the screen or reasonably well on the screen, and I don't have to. Um, um, you know, try and engage with people in person. So um, I found that quite challenging. And I think comedians, I think quite often have that challenge, you know, the, uh, how, how, how can I put it? Um, there's, there's a certain, I don't know if you've, you've experienced this, there's, there's something about being on a stage that feels more comfortable than being at a party or having to mingle with people at an event because you're kind of holding the room. So whether I'm on stage or I'm at the front of a training room, you know, I'm, I won't say I'm in charge, but I'm kind of hold, holding court and that's very comfortable for me. Um, but, you know, when I'm sort of um, in uh, uh, sort of having to socialize, um, then I, I find that quite difficult. Um, and I'm more likely to then want to escape. I know other comedic comedians who aren't visually impaired have similar issues. I think it's quite common um, and, and um, so I think that's a big challenge getting to gigs and getting back from the gigs can be a challenge um, especially if I'm traveling on my own um, in, and, and late at night and so on uh, but, but um, you know I, I, I have what I call my skinny white friend um, <laughs> and, and, which, is, which is my white cane mm -hmm. uh, that goes everywhere with me so I have my you know so with my white cane I sort of get about and and, and, and hopefully I don't, you know, I, I don't have any mishaps. I fell off a train platform once a few oh, years yeah. ago. Um, so, you know, you've got to be careful. And of course, you fall off a train platform, there's comedy in that, isn't there? Yeah. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're into duck humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got blood gushing out of your head and you've broken your arms and your legs. There's comedy in that. I, 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 I love to see people in blood. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, so the... the, the being Polish, how many Polish comedians are in the UK that you know? Uh, not many, not many. Um, but I have done Polish gigs in the UK. Okay. Um, and there, 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 were, there were Polish gigs in London, uh, Polish language gigs where they were mainly um, and bringing people over from Poland, young comedians from Poland. Um, so I thought I'd give that a go. Um, and I did a couple of gigs in Polish. Uh, because Polish was my first language. I didn't speak any English until I was about five. Uh, I mean, English is my primary language now, but Polish was my first language. Um, so that was quite interesting. Um, and in fact, one of the gigs I did in Polish, um, I, I got up on the stage and there was a group of English people in, in, in the room who didn't speak any Polish. And I started, I started doing my act in Polish and, you know, of course they couldn't understand very much of what I was saying. And then uh, I turned around to them at their table and I then sort of split, said to them in English, how are you doing there? All right, how's it going? <laughs> and, and, and like they kind of were completely shocked because they didn't realize I spoke English wow. or that I was from, from the UK. But um, um, I, th th there, are, there are some comedians of Polish descent um, who are a bit like myself. Um, but I suppose the one you and I might know well is Andy Zapp. Um, who uh, is an, an old Polish geezer like me, so we sometimes have good chats and so on. And, and there are a few others, yeah. Well, I Again, think, I, you know, do they bring their Polishness to it? Not necessarily, but they happen to be of that descent. Yeah, know? I never I never knew Andy Zapp had uh, Polish descent. 
yeah, yeah, he's probably, yeah, he's, he's probably yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, there are others. I'm trying to think who else, um, but there, there are a few. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about age, because you yeah. are mature. If I <laughs> listen, but wait, but wait, uh, I'm 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 every age up to sixty-five. Oh, it's all like rings in a tree. So you 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 came back into you started performing comedy again six years ago. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. What was that like? Uh, so you were obviously over fifty. Let's just leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. fifty-nine. Yeah, yeah, fifty-nine. What was that like coming over to? perform comedy and you had all these young you know i i have this because i started performing comedy at the age of 45 and yeah uh, that's young yeah well yeah that's young and <laughs> i remember the black comics the younger black comics used to call me uncle because, yeah yeah because obviously i was much older than them and uh, i used to think wow i'm old enough to be their father and uh, yeah <laughs> And I'm out there performing and you know competing with them to get gigs. What was that like for you at the age of fifty nine, uh, coming into the it, comedy circuit? It, it, it felt a bit odd to start with, um, but I, I, I know it sounds like a bit of a cliche, but I'm quite young at heart. I, you know, I um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I'm a typical you know 60, 65 year old. Um, I um, I'm quite kind of um, uh, jolly and mess around a lot. Uh, I, I, I let, let, let me put it this way: one of my biggest fears of Bonjo is to end up being patronised as I get older. And I think the main antidote to that is to have a sense of humour. Yeah, to have a sense of humour. So I would hate, you know, uh, whether it be carers or or relatives or nurses as I get older and older to treat me like I'm a child. And I think, as I say, what's going to help prevent that happen is to maintain a sense of humor and to do the comedy. There are comedians out there who are older than me and it was lovely to discover that. And I, you know, I, I don't have difficulty engaging with younger people, younger comics and having a laugh with them. Um, I've got two, I've, I've, I've got two uh, children, as you might be aware, in their early 20s, and their mates seem to think I'm great a lot of the time. You know, I'm, you know, I won't go as far as to say that I'm cool, but they seem to find me good company and amusing company and so on. So thankfully, I seem to have that capacity to be able to engage with those younger people. Um, I, don't I don't recall, to be honest, feeling in any way kind of too old or left out of things. I just got on with it. And 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 um, you know got got up on stage and did my bit and made people laugh and it seemed to work. So I, yeah, I, I I I don't recall having any kind of hang up about it but that way. Mm -hmm. So you, you've spoken to me about your children and they think you're cool, but what about your? Wow, well, they think I'm cool, but I'm okay. <laughs> because, because some of them might have found you really embarrassing, like by the very yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what about your friends, friends your age? Because you, you, because one of the things I agree with you on is the fact that I certainly feel young at heart. I, I yeah. definitely feel when I compare myself to my my classmates, people I went to school with, and uh, and my age, their 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 level of thinking is just totally different. I almost, I always, I, I always say to them, they talk as if they're getting ready to die. 
you know, I don't, I don't see death yet. I, I actually enjoy the fact that I'm out there performing, and it makes me yeah. feel stronger as a result. Uh, what, what about your, what your, 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 your age mates? How, how do they react to? Did, did they say for, for example, I used to have friends tell me, oh, you sure you don't have a midlife crisis, or there's some, <laughs> <laughs> or there's something wrong with you? And I always respond at this. At least I, I'm not ending up uh, by myself a, a motorcycle, you know. Or, no or pierce my ear, or I have several girlfriends as a way of just keeping in touch. Do you understand what I'm saying? So how, yeah. how, did, your, how did your classmates, your, your, your age mates uh, respond to you? I, th I think generally they thought it, I think generally they thought it was great. Oh, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not aware, I'm not consciously aware of anybody sort of feeling overly embarrassed at the idea of me doing this. Um, I think, um, you know, there's always that a concern that if you know friends come to see you perform live is it going to go okay and you know or are they going to feel embarrassed for me or in, you know or in some way ashamed or whatever i didn't really get that kind of impression um there are people who've, who've who've come to see me perform there are other people i know who haven't come to see me perform you know sometimes it might just be that they're not into stand-up comedy and that's mm -hmm. and that's perfectly okay but i mean how can i put it my life is a little bit unconventional um, uh, you know, in as much as, um, you know, I don't, don't always follow, follow the crowd in one way or another. And I think the comedy was, was kind of part of that. So I've always been a little bit sort of a little bit off the wall one way or another. Um, you know, for, for many years, we didn't have TV in the house because we just chose not to have a TV. And people would say, you know, why haven't you got a TV? You know, well, you, well we just, we, you know, we get on with life. We don't feel we need a TV. Um, our children were home educated. We, our children didn't go to school until like, the sixth form. So, you know, we have a, a slightly kind of different life anyway, which kind of left some friends and family a bit bemused. Um, and, and, and again, you know, uh, maybe, maybe it was a reasonable kind of uh, foundation on which to sort of, um, you know, do some comedy. Uh, and, 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 uh, and, and something that a lot of people of, of my age or our age wouldn't even think of doing mm. but, I'm, but i'm surprised upon you just how many older comedians there are around there's quite a lot of us um and as you know i do have sort of regular zoom get-togethers with the older yeah comedians. yeah which i which i've not been able to make but i will make no, no that's fine you know I, I know you've joined us a couple of times yes but it's been lovely you know it's lovely to have contemporaries who have similar kind of points of reference you, you know, know you know you know you you're, you're talking and it reminds me of uh, a leaflet that i got recently at home uh, it's called the Mc McCarthy Homes, and it basically said it's a retirement home, and it said, um, "Are you over sixty? Don't you want to be around people your age? If so, we have some <laughs> some retirement homes." <laughs> and you know, I'm not even I'm not even sixty, and they're already sending me that stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What about what about in terms of what about in terms of your age? So we've spoken about age in terms of your friends, age in the comedy circuit. Do you think that there is age discrimination? Do you feel that there is discrimination in the circuit because of your age? Because there's a view that uh, people who uh, control the industry prefer younger people than mature people like you in, you know. Um, I would say that's almost definitely the case. Um, 
it's not something that concerns me personally because I don't see myself as being a career comedian. It's not, it's not, um, uh, you know, I didn't go into comedy to make a career of it. So I wasn't dreaming of, you know, doing live at the Apollo or whatever. I did get talent scouted after about my 15th gig. I was doing a, a gig at the, the Cavendish in Stockwell and I got an email from Britain's Got Talent um, to, 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 to go for a, um, a producer's audition, which, which I went for, but I didn't, I didn't get through, which is fine, you know, because that's not why I'm doing it. But I think if, if, if somebody is, let's say, I, well, I don't know what age to put on it, maybe over 35 or over 40, and they're looking to carve out a career in comedy, I think it's probably tougher for them than it is for people who are younger. But to what extent there is active discrimination I, I, I don't know. I mean, there are there are there are some old comedians coming through, fifty plus. But whether they're going to be sort of hit the big time in the way that younger people might, I don't really know. But yeah, I, I, yeah, we live in a world where you know youth youth is more um, acknowledged and more kind of um, uh, how can I put put it? You know, lauded if you like. Mm. But maybe that's changing. Maybe that's slowly changing. I don't know. I don't know if you have a view on that. I'm not the interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you you are my guest, so I shouldn't yeah. really give I shouldn't really give you the answer. I I I genuinely think that uh, when I look like the likes, I don't know if you know Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory mm -hmm. is a black African American comedian who's dead now. He continued performing until he died. I think he was over eighty. And he still kept, you know, performing comedy. Yeah. Um, but I guess because uh, he started, I, I'm not sure when he started, but I'm sure he must have started pretty early. And so we had longevity. I'm sure if Richard Pryor was still alive, he would still be performing comedy. Do you get what I'm saying? You know, they will still be performing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Still I mean performing comedy. But um, my my thoughts on this is that I genuinely think that the uh, the pandemic has opened opportunities for older comics. Uh, essentially, if you're technology savvy, uh, you, you no longer have to go through the gatekeepers yeah, yeah. to actually get your comedy out there. Uh, sure. And that's, that's, that's my, it all depends on what you want. It's, it's really interesting. You, you, you spoke about uh, career comedy. Uh, you, you, didn't, you didn't want to have comedy as a career. I wasn't and, chasing it. If it became a career, I might have gone for it, but I wasn't yeah, chasing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting because uh, do you think that many comics, when they first start, they think that they want to do it as a career or they just want to do this as something, as a hobby or or what do you... what? what do I, th you I, think, I think it can be anywhere along that scale, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, get, I get the impression that most older people who've gone into comedy are probably just doing it for the experience, not necessarily to, um, to have it as a, as a new career. But again, I, I, think it, I, I, think, I think it can be either, depending on the individual. And of course, I can't speak for all those other comedians. Mm. Um, I mean, uh, I, I, I do know of one or two people, maybe similar to yourself, who uh, similar age to myself, who, yeah, have felt frustrated that they're not, you know, they may not be getting the kind of breaks that somebody who's maybe in their twenties. Mm -hmm. um, and um, also, you know, you have the um, stereotype of the, um, you know, twenty-something 
lads in skinny jeans telling knob jokes mm. um and 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 and, and that is the uh the, the whole you know that, 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 that's uh, the universe of comedy i i I mean, one of the things that inspired me originally to start my comedy nights, um, which, as I said earlier, is called All Sorts Comedy, with a Z rather than the S on the end, was that both uh, my, my wife and I, we went to see, um, we went to a comedy club in London um, to watch some comedy, and there were four acts on, and every single one of the acts were, were men in their 20s or 30s telling knob jokes. And I realised it was possible to be both amused and bored at the same time um, in as much as you know every act was very similar told very similar kind of jokes uh, looked very similar um, and I thought no you know comedy needs to be a lot more diverse and I'm not talking about somebody who is you know I'm not talking about political correctness here just that it it's much more interesting if you have uh, you know comedy night with all people of different ages different backgrounds different abilities and capabilities um, you know, different cultures. And, um, you know, that's what I try to do and contribute to because, you know, you could argue that I'm, you know, you know I have, you know, the fact that I'm older and visually impaired and have a Polish name and, and so on and so forth. Um, just, you know, just adds, adds a little bit more spice to, it, to an evening of comedy rather than, you know, having six young you know, male, white, heterosexual acts in a row, you know, um, telling the same kind of jokes, mm. which, which can be very funny. So, you know, a, your original question, I think age discrimination probably does exist. I mean, I know for a fact it does exist with some promoters. Um, uh, and, but I'm, I don't allow it to give me, I, I don't allow it to bug me but maybe that's because I'm not a career comedian. I mean, for example, I've, I've never done Edinburgh because I don't see the point of doing Edinburgh because I'm not looking to progress. So a room full of people laughing in London is going to be just as much fun for me as a room full of people laughing in Edinburgh, mm. if we ever have rooms full of people again, you know. Mm. Um, uh, but that's where I'm coming from. Mm. So, um, but I'm not aware I've had difficulty getting gigs in the past. Mm. In the, because of my age, but I may be wrong. Who knows? Mm. Let's talk about your comedy club, Old Socks Comedy Club. Um, such a very great, fantastic club. And I love the, 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 the marketing of it all. I remember receiving packs, uh, a pack of, um, a packet of sweets. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really lovely marketing. How easy was it for you to set up the club and for you to manage the club? Right. Um, actually, not so, not so hard, and, and it's a question I've been asked quite a few times because it is a very well-attended night. It only runs once a month um, in, 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 up here in Barnet in North London, uh, not far from you, actually, am I, because you're in St. Albans. Mm -hmm. And um, we were very, very fortunate uh, because... Um, both myself and Ingrid, my wife, have lived in the area for many years. And we have neighbours, we have friends and so on. Um, and, um, and the pub, um, the, the landlord of the pub, it's called the Queen's Arms in, in Barnet, has been very, very supportive in, in promoting the night and putting up posters in the pub every month and so on and so forth. So um, we um, would, 
we've never had an empty room, put it that way, in the sort of three years or whatever it was that we've been running the night. Uh, and um, what's interesting is that the demographic tends to be older. So 30 plus rather than the, you know, uh, youngsters. I mean, we do get young people, in, don't get me wrong. But generally speaking, you know, it sort of ranges from about 30 plus up to people in their 70s or 80s. And I can't help thinking that there is an untapped older demographic who, 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 who enjoy stand-up comedy. Because again, you think you go to a club in central London or in East London or whatever, you're going to have, you know, a room full of 20-somethings probably. But when you, 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 you have a place like Barnet, which is just on the outskirts of London, um, you know, you're, 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 you're very likely to, um, to, to bring in a slightly older crowd. Um, and we put leaflets through local doors around our area um, and so on. And then you get word of mouth, of course. So we have been very, very fortunate because as you're probably aware, I mean, we've, I'm sure we've both played empty rooms um, any number of times over the years um, and promoters scratching their heads thinking, how can I get people in and so on. And I think the other thing of Bonjo is that all around, I can only speak for London, all around the edges of London, there'll be hubs that perhaps if they if they provided stand-up comedy would probably do very nicely off the back of it because you know what some people have said about Barnet where I where, where, where our night is um, you know they've said oh there's nothing else to do around here you know it's fantastic that you're doing this comedy you know it's perfect you know perfect night out once a month doesn't cost us anything because it's free to get in and so on um, and, and, and maybe there could be any number of other pubs all around the outside edge of London that could do the same kind of thing mm. um, and, and bring in people. So it hasn't really been a problem. We've been very lucky in that, lucky in that respect. But mm. quite a lot of people who come are people who kind of might know us or have friends of friends of, 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 of myself and of Ingrid, my wife. So that's, that's, been, that's been very helpful. It, very interesting in terms of what you said about the demographics. Uh, especially the older generation. Um, they love it. Yeah. They love it. And, so, they, and, you know, they ra they're, so they rather they rather go to a club in Bannet than go to the comedy store or go to a place in the West End. Sure, because yeah. it's local, you know, it's less hassle. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. down the road, it doesn't cost them anything. Mm. Um, and, and you know, and, and, and we do have young acts on. I mean, you know, we have... 20 something acts right through to you know people older than me yeah um and and from all sorts of different backgrounds so um no but you really love it because you think about it someone of my age is somebody you know who comes to comedy now is somebody who may well have used to have gone to comedy back in the 80s mm -hmm. and 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 have, you know kind of rediscovered it yeah um yeah. other people have never seen stand up at all and they think wow this is amazing yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course some people may not like it and not come back you know that's a fact of life isn't it yeah, yeah. um yeah. so and and and, and, what, and what really is amazing and what really blew my mind when i started doing comedy was just how talented how many talented comedians there are out there who's nobody's ever heard of and this may sound a bit kind of contentious but i listened to some of the comedy on radio 4 or some you know watch some of the comedy on netflix or whatever and i think I know so many people who are so much better than this person or that person mm. and so much funnier, you know, 
who I have on at my notes. And that's not me sort of showing off, but it's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. There I are think, some I mean, really, really talented people around who, who yeah. aren't household names and perhaps aren't earning anything from it, but are really yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, what, what's, what's the future for all sorts of comedy? Are you planning to have a, to continue your comedy nights as soon as the yeah. lockdown eases? Yeah. Um, so the plan, all being well, is from the 7th of July that we run once a month again on the first Wednesday of every month. Mm -hmm. So I had a call. Well, it, funny enough, I had a, I had an approach from the landlord at the pub last week saying, can we start again? So he's, you know, he's, he's come to me saying, can you start the comedy nights again? Which is, which is nice. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm just pouring a bit of beer because that's the kind of person I am. Um, and um, he, uh, uh, so he's asked if, we, if we're happy to get going again on the 7th of July. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Um, all being well, I mean, who knows? Who knows? You know, but that, that's that's the plan. And then and then and then run once a month again from there. Um, so we'll probably have um, seven like, rather rusty comedians <laughs> playing to a rusty audience. <laughs> um, and 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 that and that's that's what's, what it, what is likely to be happening. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm a bit nervous because it hasn't run for a while. Mm -hmm. But really looking forward to it sort of kicking off again because it's you know and it, it's it's kind of a family affair as well because I don't know if you recall my my wife is involved in it my son does it on the technical side my daughter when she's around she's always there helping as well she's you know often she's away from home but um, so you know it's it, it's it's a nice kind of family atmosphere I, I think it's going to be a fantastic night uh, you know it's really interesting how I've heard people say. Uh, there are even comedy uh, uh, teachers who are basically saying we will teach you how to do comedy again, or you know, just to get rid of the rustiness. <laughs> and <laughs> so I think there are three things that you, you need to bear in mind. Obviously, the comedy promoter is rusty, the comedians are rusty, uh, and then and then you have the audience who haven't been to a live gig for they're also going to be rusty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think what I'm also counting on is that they're going to be forgiving, forgiving of, you know. No, no, I, I can I can confidently say that during the first lockdown, I mean, after the first lockdown and there was a bit of easing of yeah. fictions, I did a few gigs and yeah. the audiences were, were very, very forgiving. But no, it was also an emotional thing because it yeah. was like they missed seeing comedians and comedians missed performing in front of audiences. So it was yeah. it was electric. It was, yeah. it, it was, it would, it's going to be like, you know, uh, a balloon gets busted. You know, you put a pin in a balloon and it's just, it's, it will be a sigh of relief. It, it will be fantastic. There's nothing yeah. to worry yeah. about. And, I, I'd be surprised and, if there are any, I'd be surprised if there are any gigs happening for the first time once the lockdown has eased and people die. I, I don't think so. No, I genuinely I think that, yeah, it will be. It'll be a, it would just be a relief to see people perform again and audiences yeah. will be forgiven. And, 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 and what, what, what I always try to do is look after the acts as well. So, for example, last April was the first gig that got cancelled. So what I've done is I've prioritised the acts who are due to perform last April for this first gig in July. So they're yeah. getting the first shout. Yeah. And then the ones that were booked to do last May will get first shout for August and so on. 
Wow. And if any can't do it or they stop doing comedy, then I'll draft somebody else in or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're so well organized. I, I generally don't know how many comedians have decided because there was some research done. I don't know if you've been following the research by Live Comedy Association that confirmed uh, how COVID had really impacted the comedy industry and how some people have actually stopped doing comedy and sure. something else. And it's going to be difficult to get them back because either financially or mentally, they're not, you know, but it's been really interesting how uh, comedians have been able to adapt, you know, Zoom gigs. I know it's not the same, but no, no, no. We, we've had to embrace technology just to, yeah. to, to, you know, to adapt because my view is that if you do not change, is that if you don't change, if you don't adapt, you just naturally die, basically. You just yeah. it's, a, it's natural. That's what happens naturally. Look, yeah. Chris, this has been really, really fantastic. You know, we started uh, and we had a discussion behind the scenes that uh, the art of conversation is a wonderful thing. And uh, you were asking how long this was going to go on for. But I can confidently tell you that because we've been enjoying ourselves, it's now 9.17. So we've been going on for at least well over 15 minutes. Which is which is fantastic, and I told you well, it's gone way past my bedtime. I should have been in bed. <laughs> it's gone past your bedtime, and you also should. Yeah, I'm a little old man. I can't. <laughs> what I time? Sit up all night. <laughs> what time do you normally go to bed? All my all my bits are shriveling up. Um, what time? Do you know what? It can be as early as eight o'clock. It can be as late as midnight. Really? Yeah. Sometimes I go to bed very early. So, and do you do you end up <laughs> do you end up waking up in the middle of night to take a piss? Yeah. Okay. That's that comes yeah. with age, doesn't it? There's, well, there's there's a lovely line from a from a from a Netflix comedy um, where you got the old guy. I think it's Alan Arkin. The, the yeah. actor say um, uh, nowadays I, I I piss in Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, um, some, sometimes I'm up at night. Yeah, yeah, and and, um, and so on, but. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, hey, that's my private life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. We didn't, we, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't come. No, to I don't talk about that. <laughs> I didn't come to interrogate you. I don't this. talk about that on podcasts. <laughs> well, it's all part of age. Uh, anyway, look, uh, Chris, it's been fantastic having you here. Uh, I, Thank wish, you. I wish you every success with your comedy club and everything else that you plan and wish for yourself. Uh, it's good to see you uh, healthy. Uh, intact and uh you know we've i think we've had a, a very beautiful conversation from visual impairment to, to age to being polish to the challenges of, of of being an older comic and uh i i just admire your positivity you know i don't feel like i've been talking to someone over 60 i feel like i've been talking to someone young who who has a very fresh and positive outlook to life ah so oh. if, if 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 that's good feedback, that's what I wanted to. Well, well, well every 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 age is inside me, you know, like rings in a tree. Yes. yes. You know, I I I could show you my inner two-year-old or my inner eight-year-old or my inner fifteen-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all in there. Yeah. So for my listeners and viewers, uh, I've just been speaking to Chris for well over fifty minutes. He's a comedy promoter, a comedian, a public speaker, a husband, a wife, a not a wife, a father, <laughs> a father to his children. <laughs> Not a wife yet. Um, and I want to thank him immensely for joining me because it was uh, short notice. 
Um, Chris, if people want to find you or want to hear about your club, uh, this is your opportunity to give them, give your club a plug. Yeah, thank you. But probably the best place is on Facebook and it's all sorts, but it's A double L S O R T Z on the end, not S on the end, but the Z. So you've got A at the beginning, A to Z, all sorts, comedy, and that's on Facebook. Um, I'm not I'm not massive on social media, so that's probably the best best way to find out about uh, the gigs and, and the nights and so on. Um, I, I I I am on Twitter, but I haven't used it for about five years, so I'm I'm a bit remiss in that. In that respect, I'm an old man. I'm not very uh, into the into the social media side of things. I don't Facebook think... all sorts of comedy is probably the best place to find out what's going on. And, I don't. And, I, and I, I don't think you're missing anything on Twitter, my friend. I, I, <laughs> the people on Twitter, they make me laugh. They, they, they are not happy with their government, but they will always constantly hide behind the keyboard and complain about their government and say, Boris Johnson must go. Oh, Johnson must <laughs> go. But that is all that happens. Johnson is still very much alive. You know, they think they can start a revolution by just being on Twitter, hiding behind their keyboards. They get retweets and tweets and likes. That's all. Nothing else is happening. Nothing else. You are missing nothing on Twitter. Chris, no. thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Fantastic. I will let you know when I publish this so you can share this with your people. I had to, uh, uh, I was not distracted, but I had to make sure I had uh, supply on my power or my laptop because it was getting weak. But uh, look, you, I hope I hope you have enjoyed it. You have no choice. You have enjoyed this, haven't you? <laughs> I'm sure you will tell me you have enjoyed this. Yeah, it's been lovely. Thank you very much. Yes, and I, I will I will try and make your Zoom Zoom community invite. I, I hope I know I've got the invite. I just there are times yeah. I have I have clashes. Yeah. But it'd be good to, to meet my fellow Mikati home people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. So okay. I'll, I'll just say all hail great president. Thank you very much. My folks, uh, thank you so much for watching and listening to this. You will agree with me that look, the beauty of uh, podcasting is you discover things that you don't necessarily know about your guest. And this has been really fantastic. A wonderful journey. Uh, please go and support his comedy club. Even if you are not Korea, I don't see how you're going to be able to support his comedy club. But who knows? Maybe he might live stream it. He might, you know, get technology savvy and decide to put it on YouTube or whatever. But um, for those of you who are based in England, All Sorts Comedy Club is a fantastic club. I have played there and I'm not saying it because I want another gig. I'm just telling you that it is a fantastic uh, comedy club. Um, and uh, I shall end this now. Chris, you have a fantastic and wonderful time and speak to you soon. Thank you. Sleep well. Thank you. Bye. This show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. We're the best kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out podomity.com now.